are called? <laughs> I'm on. Okay, so so what is it? On the a partridge first... in a pear tree. No, wait, on the first uh, day of Christmas, my true Christmas love tree. gave to me. A partridge in a pear tree. A trip to the mortuary. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's wrong. That's uh, wrong. Well, welcome to Under the Pendulum. I'm Chris Weber. Here with me is Heather Weber. Merry, 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 merry Christmas. And joining us from a closet in Los Angeles is Caitlin Weber. <laughs> ding dong, ding dong. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like I just sounded like someone who's about to murder you on Christmas and they're like a big thug and they just like come in and they're, you're just like, ah, and he's just like, <laughs> ding dong. <laughs> That's what I'm I was gonna, picturing. I'm oh, going to ding dong your brains into the fucking floor. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> with this here hammer, <laughs> ding dong! <laughs> Sound a hammer's mic. I'll make oh, tinsel out of your guts. Oh, oh yeah! yeah. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> so, if you haven't noticed, we have a very special holiday episode for everyone yeah. today. We'll be today we'll be putting dark Christmas traditions and folklore under the pendulum. Woo! Yeah. Which is going to mean a lot of Western traditions just because of Christianity in general. God you know, damn it, you guys. European westernized. <laughs> God <laughs> damn it, do I have the Christmas spirit. I love Christmas so much. Even Toyota commercials that are Christmassy make me want to cry because I'm so happy it's Christmas. Zero <laughs> percent <laughs> APR? <laughs> yes. That's a wonderful gift. They're so thoughtful. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if I mentioned on a previous episode, but there's a guy at my work who's a Carrie Underwood super fan. Uh, oh, that's he, the, he's got he's uh, got the backpack, so lame. It hurts. the jacket. I feel like I, feel like dude, I just got yeah, heartburn. That was so lame. He's what? Anyway, so, he's got he, all uh, the accessories. Yeah, he's got the jacket. He's got the backpack. Oh. He's got the hat. He's got the 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 water thing. That's a fan, babe. That is yeah. a fan. Anyway, he's got so a he's poster. Been... Wait, he's got a poster of her on the wall with a hole drilled in a couple places for various. Uh, <laughs> he's been um. He's so he's been blasting her Christmas albums. He's been her. blasting wow. the hole in the wall too. <laughs> <laughs> you ready for some eggnog, my love? <laughs> That's gross. That was like the grossest thing I've ever said. So we've got a poster. Yeah, you know, I don't know if that makes her hair blonde or not. I, you know. <laughs> Who knows how that works? So he looks like, he just looks like, you know, Ash Ketchum with like Carrie Underwood gear, like just all suited up and ready to go. <laughs> Pokemon. <laughs> I want to cream the very best. No one oh, ever creams. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so Christmas has its roots in European, pagan, and Greco-Roman traditions. So due to the carnivorous traditional and spiritual nature of Christianity, many pagan traditions were assimilated and like repackaged as Christian to make it more easily digestible and acceptable to pagan heathens. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So mm -hmm. for Christmas, this often revolved around the various winter festivals and figures um, that were sort of in, you know, within these already pagan traditions. In the earliest days of Christianity, the Christmas holiday was derived from the Roman festival of Saturnalia, which was celebrated Woo! from December... <laughs> Saturnalia! I love that shit. You, oh my God, you read accounts of that and see like old like pictures of it and like, I don't know what the word is. Oh, like, like paintings and stuff. Yeah, yeah, paintings and stuff. And you're like, God damn, that sounds fun. Don't go outside because yeah. you might die. Oh, it's crazy. No, yeah, no, I mean, some, uh, some Romans, uh, senators and stuff wrote about it and they were always like, dude, it was fucking lit. Yes, like, it was the best shit. Looting. Fucking drinking, all kinds of boobies, I'm sure. It's, it was yeah, probably yep. crazy. Oh, yeah. So the Festival of Saturnalia was celebrated from December 17th to the 25th in Woo! honor of the god Saturn or Kronos in Greek. And this obviously corresponds with the winter solstice. So, I mean, like these pre-Christian, well, even in Christianity too, but, but you know, the, the solstices and, and um, festivals around those are always really important. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Because mm-hmm. like it was basically in saying like, you know, hold on to your asses, everybody, because we're about to get into winter and who knows who's going to make it out of this alive, you know? <laughs> <laughs> So in Rome, this festival included a carnival-like atmosphere with feasts and dancing. They hung things like holly, bay, rosemary, and sometimes mistletoe, if it could be found, uh, from the ceiling and made kissing bushes. Ooh, ooh what? <laughs> no, I mean, well, it's like, it's like, um, <laughs> everybody pile into the bush. This is an office party. Get that bush out of here. <laughs> but no, it's, it's like a really early version of, of kissing under a mistletoe. Yeah. yeah. Under, you know, in this case, it was a kissing bush. It was like, you know, showing affection and, and things like kissing that. Kissing bush or kissing bush? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I put you in a kissing maze. I hope you find your way out alive. <laughs> and I've injected you with a poison and only I have the antidote. In my lips. <laughs> <laughs> so the wealthy gave gifts to the poor and they flipped the script in some cases uh, on that day. Slaves would sit at the head of the table where the master usually sat and the masters would wear slave clothing. And Whoa. someone would be elected leader of the Saturnalia or Lord of Misrule and preside so over the fun. holiday. So and silly. they were able, yeah, so they were able to like give orders to people and they were basically like, they were told to cause mischief and chaos in honor of Saturn. So it was yes. just basically you got to like. Ooh, yeah. you got to step lightly like, with that shit though. I feel like it was like a make a wish foundation day, like kind of thing, <laughs> like do the fu- whatever the fuck you want kind of thing. Cause y'all might not make it out of this alive. <laughs> winter is you might get sick you might catch a cold and if you got a cold you could die do you want to meet sola huh you want to meet him (laughs) oh my gosh for those of you who don't know sola was a dictator who took over rome and killed like thousands of people Uh of romans yeah there was often a great amount of debauchery and drunkenness quote symbolizing the complete decomposition of spirituality and morality on the eve of the birthday of the new invincible sun unquote dang that's so i mean that's and that's going to be a big thing we see with these winter solstice festivals it's it's the death and rebirth of you know the of the year or of the yearly cycle Mm -hmm. so these practices would spread quickly through european territories of the roman empire another tradition that influenced our modern christmas was the scandinavian holiday of yule it is one of the oldest Sabbaths, which is the eight-wheel holidays of the year, um, and Yule is kind of one of these small Sabbaths. Also celebrated the winter solstice, and it was a feast of lights celebrating the new, strong, and sexy sun. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Yule always ends with the burning of logs. Um, it is a holiday of fire, which brings warmth oh and dispels evil spirits. I love imagining these motherfuckers, all the, the most fit, tip-top men in the village, just greased up in like butter, animal fat, and you know, eggnog or something, and just like barreling down the hill with this goddamn giant tree that they're gonna put up in the middle of the village, and everybody's about to party. And that's like just the starter. That's the pregame <laughs> right there. Hell Once you yeah. see those, just... <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exciting. Yeah, I mean, there were feasts and. Yeah, there were feasts and dancing around a fire, as well as a decoration of herbs and other sacred plants like mistletoe, uh, which is, and to the ancient Druids, it had a lot of powerful properties to mm-hmm. it. So, you know, as I said before, the idea in both holidays is the death and rebirth of the year and, and life itself. And so we can see how this can really be combined well with the figure of Jesus Christ, you know, because obviously he gets killed, so, mm-hmm. you know, resurrected, blah, blah, blah. blah. But some Christmas traditions and beliefs border on the strange, macabre, and just downright terrifying. So today we'll look at some traditions and folklore that help make the Christmas season just a little more sinister. <laughs> so, and I, I, I apologize for, for the pronunciation of some of these Germanic, Icelandic names. Yeah. They're tough. They're tough. Yes, oh, they are. Fuck. I, don't, mm-hmm. I just like walk into Ikea and I'm like, I can't read that. I just, I'm going to give <laughs> up. That looks great, though. <laughs> So I chose the figure uh, Frau Perkta, or the belly slitter. Wow, that's that's intense. Yeah, that's <laughs> intense, right? <laughs> so this figure comes from Southern German and Austrian folklore. 
Um, but it also kind of like permeated to outside of that. I mean, you'll you'll see different variations in like even Scotland. Okay. So so it's not just uh, secluded to the to that region. Right. So she appears during the twelve days of Christmas. She receives offerings, uh, rewards those who follow certain rules and norms, and punishes those who don't. Oh. She is a hideous witch who is sometimes said to have a long nose made of iron. She's a Whoa. sinister figure. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Uh, yeah. So she's a sinister figure who punishes both adults and children who are greedy, slothful, unclean, or ignore their household duties, um, just among other things. God damn. I think I'd be full any day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. So anyone who is stubborn enough not to abide by the social and cultural norms of being a good community member um, will have their stomachs ripped open by her. She removes your intestines and then replaces them with garbage. In other versions, mm-hmm. she boils you alive. That's fair. Yeah, that's yep. totally fair. Quit being so goddamn lazy, you know? <laughs> you got to wash all the dishes, all of them. All of them, or you yep. will be mm-hmm. in the dishes. Don't forget to, <laughs> to sweep and dust. Mm-hmm. I'm bad at dusting. Be yeah, yo, I know we are too. We're really bad at it. <laughs> So in other legends, she's known as the terrifying ogress uh, Grilla, and Grilla comes down from the mountains and disembowels children who eat or long for meat during Lent. Whoa! And there's an old, yeah, right. It's so it's All very specific to. All you have to do to... is want meat. I wasn't like, thinking yep. about it. I wasn't thinking about jerky. <laughs> <laughs> so there's an old rhyme that goes with this, but the translation doesn't exactly rhyme. So okay. But anyway, <laughs> so. Down comes the Grilla from the mountains, with forty tails, bag on back, sword in hand, comes to cut out the stomachs of the children, who are crying for meat in Lent. Yep. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That reminds celebrated. me celebrated. That reminds me Ryan. of like when rats get caught somewhere and they like have to eat another rat and like they eat their stomach and stuff. Just like fucking brutal. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's it's just so funny because that's in like you know in those parts of the of the world for Christmas traditions. It's just like so fucking rad, you know, yeah. just yeah. fucking dark and shit. <laughs> I bet those kids got their asses beat, man. If that was their folklore and like that was like poor children, yeah, I got the fucking little asses beat. <laughs> so she is also known as Stemp, as uh, stamping is associated with nightmares. In some late medieval texts, she will come to those who did not feast heartily during the Epiphany and trample on their bellies for not taking advantage of the feast's abundance. So you 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 want too much and then you want too little, but you're you're gonna get punished either way. Well, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I suggest either you know get like a ten pack or like a six pack. Just work out that stomach so you can have a fighting chance. <laughs> or or walk around with a barrel on you and hopefully she just can't crack that code. That's a good idea. Yeah. She's stomach crazy. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's I think it's this idea of like not wasting. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But Pecta is also uh takes fasts very seriously, which makes me think of the disemboweling thing might be like connected to um uh fasting, you know, within the, within a religious context there. Oh, oh my yeah. God! What what doesn't she take seriously? Is my question. <laughs> so it's kind of <laughs> like if you don't fast, if you like break your fast or something, she cuts open your stomach and like makes you <laughs> in the most final way fast. <laughs> and she like asks her that question, and she's like, "For some reason, it's sitcoms. I don't know why. I can't take them seriously." <laughs> <laughs> So she's also sometimes associated with the wild hunt, and she travels through the night sky with an entourage of goblin-like beings. And in other Christianized variations of this, she's attended by children who have died unbaptized, which is fucking frightening. (laughs) Man, what a Debbie Downer. That party sounds really sad. (laughs) (laughs) That's a German Christmas. Yes, you're right. <laughs> so, uh, Pecta is said to live in groves, mountain chasms, or sometimes in the depths of a lake during the summer months. And she's also said to create snow from where she lives up in the mountains. Oh, that's um, nice, I guess. That's one thing. <laughs> Here's frozen children. <sighs> <laughs> it makes so much sense because they have to conserve so much, and it's good to put like the 
fear into children that want too much. That's a common tactic, dude. Fucking mm-hmm. elf on a shelf. What the fuck is that? What but is elf on the shelf? a modern day perkta. What is elf on the shelf? What do Some do? bullshit is what it is. Girl, you got, you it's got like, your Christmas Starbucks too? God damn it, you're so fancy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's basically like Santa's eyes and ears, you know? Don't do anything bad because the elf will fucking see it. Does the elf disappear tell. if you've been bad and then you're like, oh no, he's off to tell Santa? Oh no, he's taking one of the knives out of the drawer. I know, every day. No, he he shows up <laughs> he in like different spots. He as you leave in the, <laughs> the room. Like you go to bed every night and then he's when you wake up, he's in a different spot. Damn, that's the thing. That's that's yeah, it's creepy. In the winter months, when she is not disemboweling or boiling children, she occupies her time with spinning, like weaving. Yeah. And tossing spinning, salad. Spinning thread. No, and, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the shepherds claim often to see her walking above the steepest slopes at twilight, a golden spindle in her hand. Mm-hmm. And if a farmer brings her an offering of flax, she will bless their crop. She doesn't need much, guys. She just needs that flax so she mm-hmm. can work on her yep. craft projects. Mm-hmm. And just unquestioning obedience. Yeah. <laughs> That's all she needs. Yeah, that too. <laughs> So it's believed that a Pecta derives from an old goddess figure, but with the domination of Christianity in Europe, uh, she was turned into a terrifying kind of witch old hag figure. And she goes by many different names in different parts of Western and Northern Europe. Frau Pecta, Frau Faust, uh, Peta, and Bertha, just to name a few, and I probably fudge those up. That's okay. But that's okay. Pecta and her exact origins are a bit of a mystery. Jacob Grimm of Brothers Grimm. <laughs> Represent. Yep. (laughs) But he thought that she may have come from, uh, quote, an old Germanic mother goddess who taught humanity the secrets of agriculture and household economy, and especially the peaceful arts of spinning, weaving, and tending the hearth. There ain't nothing peaceful about uh -uh. this bitch, dude. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) She's stuck up. Actually, it might have been tame for the Brothers Mm -hmm. Grimm, come to think of it. Yeah, I mean, like, I tried to find it, and it wasn't very... It wasn't as like fucking metal as his other stories, you know. Yeah, yeah. As far as like being being pretty pretty intense, but um, mm-hmm. you know, but but if if this is true, um, you know, then we definitely see those elements like, you know, upholding household economy and 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 chores and things up to a, a very high yeah. importance, and and you know, spinning and weaving, and so we could see how those elements could could enter into it. Yeah, definitely. You know, her name was thought to mean shining one. Which again, it's it kind of falls into with this idea of like festival of lights, and then like and there's um Ember Fridays or something was which was a part of that, it was sort of like the end, the day of the solstice, where you'd burn okay. the Yule logs and things like that. Right. One historian, Joseph Hanukkah, in the 1950s believed that uh, Pekta had quote direct links with a pre-Christian supernatural figure, and her alleged belly ripping activities were a relic of prehistoric initiation rites. Wow. Unquote. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and a lot of these would follow some sort of, like, animal sacrifice, you know, pre-Christian days. In Rome, it would be usually on the first day there would be an animal sacrifice. And, sure. you know, usually the same with, like, Nordic and, and these Germanic tribes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It would always be, like, a pig or, or whatever. Either way, um, Pecta and her many incar- incarnations follow the tradition of punishment from a threatening figure in an attempt to maintain control and obedience, uh, normally from children. You know, there are cautionary tales that assist the community in uniformity of tradition and later in Christianity help instill the importance of objecting religious taboos and embracing embracing uh, Christian values and practices. So. Uh, well, I guess that's that's nice. <laughs> I don't know. I need I need to see your crack a to- toddler open for me to really have a cap on my ear. <laughs> <laughs> pretty sure that kid I mean, that, was in my meat shed Christian way. crack that kid's ass open <laughs> yeah no that was a, a frau yeah, her depictions are, oh, there's, there's a very delightful. good variety of her depiction just a solid image there's like so many different kinds yeah there were some other ones where like she'd beat you with a like an iron club Dang. so there's like all these different variations of, of her but usually the old <laughs> hag and people will dress up as her with like these long Iron nose noses. Beak things. Yeah, and they'll go around taking offerings and things. It's it's pretty funny. Oh, that's fun. It's just like a yeah, it's fun. It's just yeah, it's sort of like one of the cool festival things that they do over mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Well, I'd like to see that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Well, the my next one, I'm going to be covering Marty Lloyd. It's not quite as gruesome as the last one, but I thought it was pretty fun. So Marty Lloyd is a delightful Welsh wassailing tradition that Ooh. I quite frankly would like to see come to America. Marty Lloyd is a strange and intricate tradition that, in a nutshell, forces homeowners to engage in something of a musical poetry slam, as I've seen it described, with a decorated horse skull mounted on a pole. I'll explain this part after we talk a little bit about wassailing. Oh my God. I'm a skull on a pole and I'm here to say, <laughs> drink a lot of wassail. That is the, the worst earworm <laughs> Christmas carol there is. It's the most delicious <laughs> beverage there is. It's just so great. I love wassail and everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a big part of our family since I can ever remember. And I mean, you know, it's good when it gives you diarrhea every year, but you still drink lots of it and it's great. Oh, yeah. Yep. I think it's a pineapple juice. Them apples. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it turns you into a little Christmas fudge factory. Is what it yeah, does. Oh my god! But yeah, no, I was making it last year, and I was like asking for the ingredients, and James is like, "Oh, so you mean jungle juice? You're making jungle juice? But <laughs> it's mold jungle juice, all right, with spices." <laughs> so wassailing itself is centuries old, and is traditionally celebrated on the twelfth night, January fifth or sixth. But it is also celebrated during the holiday season. It became most well-known during the 17th and 18th centuries. Now, originally, the wassail bowl would be filled with this sweet and spicy alcoholic drink that would be shared together in a large group of merrymakers. Like hobos <laughs> around a burning barrel. Wassail! <laughs> <laughs> Kinda, yeah. <laughs> so the wow. act of sharing this drink was called wassailing. This then evolved into a holiday practice in which poor people <laughs> who just couldn't get enough of that holiday cheer went door to door, loudly and obnoxiously begging for more booze. And this was also called wassailing. People have that desire deep down. It's just illegal now and unacceptable. <laughs> but I Pretty mean, much, yeah. <laughs> I have been drunk enough where I have thought about knocking on someone's door and being like, so I don't really want to hang out, but you got any more booze? <laughs> yeah, hey, I, I know the guy that lives below you. You oh wouldn't happen to have any, uh, <clears throat> anything to drink, would you? <laughs> yes, I know it's three o'clock in the morning. <clears throat> oh, man. <laughs> so that further on evolved into a more dignified version of the practice, where poorer folk essentially sang for charitable gifts instead of or begging. Beans. Again, called <laughs> wassailing. Oh, hey, I see you got a bottle of whiskey on the table. Um, you want to like, gift that to me? Hmm? Yeah? See, you got some fresh baked bread over there. You going to eat that? D don't Merry make me Christmas. pull out my hobo knife. <laughs> I just <gift> it. <laughs> Bring us some figgy pudding, and we won't go until we get some. Our lyrics from We Wish You a Merry Christmas, oh a holiday God, standard. Oh my God, you're right. That derived from the, the wassailing tradition. It's just yeah. obnoxious, drunk people who are starving, and they're probably really drunk because they're starving. Dang. Pretty mm -hmm. much. Yeah, yeah. yeah figgy they'd, they'd pudding to, sounds like the you know, fucking to pad it ticket. With, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it sounds like tits, man. I'd like to try it. This that would not go over well in Florida with the stand your ground laws. <laughs> no, it would not. <laughs> so Christmas caroling is what you would call a less demanding, more modern version of this tradition, and that piece of it still lives on today. So back to Marty Lloyd. I'm sure you're wondering, what's with the horse? If I had a nickel, this hooded for every animal time tradition. I said that. <laughs> what? All right. What's with the horse? It's cut tax now. What's with the horse? <laughs> Why are you always asking me? <laughs> well, so so you know, this hooded animal <laughs> this hooded animal tradition has not only appeared in Marty Lloyd exclusively, and is centuries old itself. Decorated horse skulls have been used in other traditional British celebrations, for example during Halloween and May Day, or in other customs such as the hoodening in Kent. Or the old top and Derbyshire. That sounds dirty. That sounds like some kind of move. 
That sounds like something you would ask a prostitute for and she'd slap you if, if it wasn't the right lady. <laughs> Tough and dirty Hello, love. I'm not that kind of woman. <laughs> the root name of Marie Lloyd is somewhat unclear, as some scholars believe it to mean Holy Mary, and others believe it means Grey Mare. Whatever its name, the tradition remains the same. The celebration starts typically around Christmas and the New Year, and in some cases can go on for several consecutive nights. A group of men, traditionally, begin by constructing the hobby horse with items from their wives and other townsfolk. The Mariloid consists of a decorated horse skull bedecked with ribbons, glass, bells, and it is shrouded in white. And we put a fucking hemi in it. <laughs> Pop that horse hood. I want to yeah, see what's yeah, going on yeah, in there. Put a little something special in this year, boys. <laughs> that sounds really beautiful, though. I it's wanna... cool. Yeah. You should look at some pics. It's awesome. That sounds like fucking metal-ass, beautiful Norwegian folk art. It's cool. Yeah. So this is then mounted on a stick, and beneath the shroud is a man who carries it. Then the group is typically four to seven men and is made up of a leader, Mariloid, and other odd characters such as Punch and Judy. Like as humans, not as puppets? The, like the Punch <laughs> no, and Judy? because they're always yeah, puppets. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, what are those characters The Punch represent? and Judy. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, those two are there solely to create more chaos and raucousness. They like fuck with people. They like scream real loud and they they like stir up shit. It's really funny how, you know, I guess like when things get more Christianized, it's really about like, you know, maintaining the status quo, obedience, being good, things like that. But we see in, in the more traditional influences that they're it's all about chaos and mischief and pranking and like things being yeah. totally you know, like chaos, mm -hmm. like utter chaos. That's usually the letting theme. loose, really, I think. I guess there's still At least like, there's a baby in it. That's nice. <laughs> Ugh, what? Mm -hmm. <laughs> to most people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, baby. Ew. <laughs> yeah. So the leader will knock on the doors of the town's residents and demand to be let inside in the form of a song. This song consists of a specific set of verses at the start and is carried on back and forth with the home's inhabitants. It is not prudent to let the revelers in right away. You must lock all your doors and windows to make sure that no one can get in. You have to show your musical skills through a battle of wits to try and outdo the traveling group. However, once you have run out of clever retorts, you are obligated to invite them inside and share your food and drink. The entertainment would continue inside the house with music and singing, while Marie Lloyd would chase and scare the children and adults in the house Whoa. until it was on to the next battle. I d it just sounds like it would get very out of hand very fast. <laughs> oh, I know, especially yeah, if there's drinking people are involved. fucking wasted, too. <laughs> that's that's so funny like if if you lose if you lose if you run out of a clever retort you have to let them in it's like yeah you're a big doo-doo head <laughs> all, right, all, right, all right come on in and then one guy just like bites one of your kids fingers off <laughs> <laughs> i don't think why'd you, you invite win? harry the cannibal <laughs> i think uh i think the whole what I, from what i was reading there you can't win they're always gonna outdo you so, <laughs> and um, also it is said if you do end up inviting Mary Lloyd and her band of merry men into your home, you will have good luck for the next year. This tradition has been revived in Wales, and there are large Mary Lloyd celebrations that live on today. So that is my very watered-down version of this unusual holiday tradition. Mary Lloyd is still carried on today in some Welsh towns, and I encourage you to look into some of the photos and videos of the custom. Yeah, They're for sure. Really weird and really cool. And although this tradition isn't particularly sinister, the imagery of the ghostly dead horse and the roots of poverty and the tradition of wassailing, to me, make it a part of the strange and dark Christmas traditions that Whee! exist in the world. And that's Mary Lloyd. Yeah, it's kind of like what you would think of like very, I don't oh, know, yeah. like ancient pagan, like Celtic Nordic kind of imagery. The bagpipes you know? just struck mm -hmm. up in Definitely my head, has that feel sure. to it. <laughs> the bagpipes. <laughs> yeah, I actually would love to have one of those in the house for Christmas because I think it is so cool. We have two pig skulls like right now that are pretty big. Um, they're not a horse skulls, but they would look cool. 
like that. They probably would be very yeah. similar. I'm sure that like other mm-hmm. villages probably use whatever they had, you know. Sure, yeah, there could be very yeah, there Cow could skulls, be a variation where they skulls. use a pig skull, yeah. Like a or a boar skull. Your uncle's you know. skull. <laughs> there there have been reports of them fashioning it out of like wood and and paper and things like that too. That's awesome. Oh so yeah, like it a paper wasn't always mache, exclusively yeah. a skull. I like oh, that okay. fi- like bring us figgy pudding has gone from like even close to freaky pudding to bring it, bring it, bring it. <laughs> <laughs> Give me that shit. Get that shit out here. Come on, <laughs> man. <laughs> I sing a singing song. <laughs> you like just earn it. You talking to me, <laughs> thinking of me wrong? Please. I suck your dick. Come on, just give me some. <laughs> I know that sounds terrifying. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people like crowding around your home demanding things, you know, like, we yeah. will not leave until you give us more pudding. <laughs> so we just damn. gave all our pudding away. I have no more pudding. <laughs> so- oh, I just remembered. I turned into a little Christmas fudge factory. <laughs> uh, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> So my last one's actually kind of a funny one a little bit. It's uh, okay. the Yule Lads. Uh, have you guys heard of the Yule Lads? No. I have not. Okay. Yeah, Are you I talking about I the sexy men that barrel all the trees down into the village like in my imagination land? No, <laughs> like quite the, the exact opposite of that. Uh. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so in Iceland, there is not one but 13 gift-bringing figures. Nowadays, more similarly fashioned after Santa Claus or St. Nicholas, the Yule Lads are Christmas characters who come down from the mountains and they roll into town giving presents. What? Uh, kind of, almost kind of think like um, the Seven Dwarves kind of thing. I was. Yeah. I was thinking something similar. I was they too, were, actually. They were <laughs> tiny yeah. in my head. While nowadays they were jolly and gift-giving figures, uh, they were originally not so kind. <gasps> They were pranksters, mean and mischievous, who would harass people and terrify children during the Christmas season. They wore God, dirty. I'm so surprised. <laughs> they wore dirty, tattered, medieval-like rags and were terrifying to look upon. <laughs> so they essentially sound like a group of drunk, dirty, mean uncles who ruined the family Christmas party. Yeah, tiny. yeah, a racist uncle. Mm. That's exactly it. He would be in rags. <laughs> <laughs> So, like many of these uh, darker entities, they were originally meant to scare children into good behavior. Um, And some variations say that they are the descendants of trolls that live in the mountains, or they're the sons of two horrible trolls, uh, Grilla and uh, Lepolodi. I I screwed up that last one. Grilla. Yeah. Yeah, girl. She getting around. Grilla shows up. But actually, they're, they're a tradition as well. Like, they'll have these festivals with, with Grilla and, and Aleppo Lodi, and they'll, like, be people in these huge troll costumes, and, and you know, it's it's pretty fun. It looks God damn sweet. it. Our fucking goddamn Coca-Cola Christmas in America sucks, man. I know, I know dude. Like, those festivals look fucking You gotta rad. get all pagan oh. sometimes. Dude, sometimes lit. you gotta take them shoes off. You gotta take that bra off. You put on some kind of flowy gown, put something <laughs> atop your head, and just get hammered and fucking yeah. eat ass. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fucking push some kids around. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> push some kids around. All right. Well, we, something something's got to give, man. Terrorize people in their home and <laughs> demand yep. for pudding. Yes. Bring down the Coca-Cola All conglomerate. All I gotta say is it's Christmas, everybody. Let down your hair. <laughs> It's ruining Christmas. <laughs> so uh, the Yule Boys become more like Santa Claus um, over the years, even in their attire and in, in appearance. And But they still retain their names, and their names really denote their prankish nature. So I'm going to go through the 13 names and what they do. I'm excited. It's going to yeah. be so stupid. <laughs> yeah. Dipshit, frat bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Fudge fucker. <laughs> He waits in the corners for you to leave and fucks your fudge. <laughs> your Christmas fudge. <laughs> so first up is Sheep Coat Cod. Um, he harasses sheep and has peg legs. That's rough. It's very Harassing specific. is a very tame, like, historical way to put it. But, you know. Uh, fuck your sheep. Uh-huh. Fuck your sheep. <laughs> <laughs> uh. 
<laughs> My darling, I hope they just make it to the morning. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, number two is Gully Gawk, who hides in gullies waiting for a chance to steal milk from cow sheds. I thought I, I wow. thought that was a peeping Tom. There is actually, there is a peeping oh, Tom one. Oh, God. <laughs> so, so, number three is Stubby, who is short and steals pans to eat what crusts are left on them. That's innocent. That sounds pretty useful, actually, because that shit's hard to get off, you know? I think it steals your pans, too. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. So number four is Spoon Licker, um, who steals spoons, uh, wooden spoons to lick off the remaining food, and is said to be really thin from the lack of sustenance because there's not much food on a spoon. Okay, so is he re- does he do it real fast or real slow? What do you think? <laughs> I don't what know what's think? creepier. Because if it stands there doing that, it's pretty creepy. But like, That's what I'm thinking. I'm like... <laughs> like, 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 like an animalistic, just like... Yeah. <laughs> 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 Yeah. It's lots of spoons to lick, you know? Yeah. There's so little time. Yeah, you only have 12 days of Christmas. <laughs> so uh, number five is the pot scraper that steals leftovers God from pots. Damn. Well. So, I, don't, I, I don't know why that's a bad thing either. Maybe it's just like they're your fucking leftovers. Yeah, you need you know? Well, and that's yeah. the thing. I was just thinking to myself, well, the worst part about any holiday is always the dishes. Because it's like, you're hanging out, you're chilling, you know, who wants to get up and do the dishes, but it's a good thing to do. But these guys take care of it. But they'll also jerk off at you while you're in the bathroom. So I don't know, you know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They will traumatize you. Yeah. I don't know. I... Yeah, and your children. I don't know. Yeah. Let's roll those dice for me. They like they're like showing they're showing their penises to the children. But you the know, dishes are done. But the dishes are done. Um. So number six is bowl liquor. Um. Is said to hide under beds, waiting to steal a bowl to lick. Wait. So like, okay, like, is he talking about like a pot, like a chamber pot kind of thing, waiting for that no. bowl? To um. Lick? Well, like, actually, they were saying it was, like, the, this type of bowl that has a lid that people used to keep stuff in or, like, you know, just, just to keep, like, seal it. And sometimes, like, they'd hide under the beds and they'd, like, sneak off with it and, like, you know. Son of a so bitch. So that's, like, a roommate yeah. situation where you should probably have a bowl under your bed where you can hide your Oreos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they do sound like bad roommates because they hide out in places in the house like some of them do. But they'll never be roommates because they do the dishes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> At least they do the dishes. Exactly. Uh, so number seven is Door Slammer, who goes around slamming doors, especially at night, which keeps everybody awake. Wow. And is also a 13-year-old girl. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> number eight is a Skier Gobbler. Um, will eat all of the skier, which is a type of yogurt. Yep. Oh, what a little bastard. Yep. That's my yogurt. <laughs> or skier, excuse me. <laughs> skier. Uh, so number nine is sausage swiper. A lot of these, and then they start to have more like innuendo kind of feels oh. to them. But the sausage swiper hides in the <laughs> ceiling rafters waiting to snatch sausages that are being smoked. I just, you know. I just saw in my head like all these guys at a bar just standing there drinking their beer. And like you can't see underneath the bar, but sausage swiper comes by, and they're all like, "Oh, oh, oh, oh!" (laughs) (laughs) Merry Christmas. (laughs) So number ten is a window peeper, who looks through windows for food to steal, and maybe is a pervert. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Food to steal. And maybe is a registered sex offender. <laughs> <laughs> His name is Carl. <laughs> or Elliot. <laughs> Elliot. Number 11 is the door sniffer. It has a huge nose and he smells and he uses it to smell under doors for like bread. Mm hmm. Bread. So that's, right. yeah. <laughs> Mind your own business. <laughs> Let me shit in peace. <laughs> Someone's baking a loaf in here. <laughs> He's just like 
<laughs> he's outside when someone's pooping and he's just like, it's the most wonderful time of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Number 12 is Meat Hook. Uh, steals meat using a hook scary. that he carries, which is actually kind of terrifying. Yeah. It's a little scary. Yep. Mm-hmm. And Candle Beggar, probably the saddest of them all, follows Aww. children into their homes to steal candles, which were, you know, it's a commodity. Know, sometimes, yeah, it's a commodity, you know. Yeah. yeah. That's like asking, that's like following you into your home and being like, give me all your light bulbs. And you're like, no. <laughs> and those <laughs> tennis shoes. Yeah, yeah. Bulbs. Give me those tennis shoes. What size do you wear? I need those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where's your first aid kit? Give it to me. <laughs> so traditionally, children would leave their shoes on the windowsill every night and wake up to gifts being left in their shoes from the Yule Boys or the Yule uh, Lads. The I Yule Boys. People... Yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're the Yule Boys. Yule Boys. Yule Boys. <laughs> no, uh, I hope it's the there. fucking dishes they stole. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, stacked oh. under the you shoes. Got some, uh, you got some real nice dishes there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, It'd be a shame if they uh, they went they missing. Really clean. <laughs> be a shame if they got cleaned. <laughs> no, well, and like that makes that makes sense because like it was shoes and then stockings and stockings we still use. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you yeah. know. So, and oh, go ahead. There's I I still know people that like their parents left got stuff in shoes still like that was still mm-hmm. a thing. Oh, that's yeah, I, I I think I remember yeah. that. Like I don't think we For we, sure. we ever did that, but I remember hearing about that when I was younger. Like like getting an orange in your shoe or yes. something. Yeah, like, yeah some something some nice. little little gift thing, yeah. So if children were naughty, uh they would leave a potato in the shoe. Oh, that sounds yeah. not too bad actually. Yeah, potatoes are good. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess if like your sister gets a um, you know an apple and you get a potato, then that's kind of shitty. That's bullshit. Yeah, because like she can num 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 eat that right away. You gotta fucking peel that potato. Mm-hmm. You gotta cut up that potato. You gotta cook you gotta it. Boil that potato. You gotta, you gotta find some. It. You, you gotta, gotta turn butter. butter to put butter on it. That's true. Yeah. You gotta dry out <laughs> some herbs to put herbs, herbs on it. A lot mm-hmm. of accessories. You yeah. gotta go to the salt mine to get salt <laughs> to put on the exactly. potato. Exactly. So when they were more scary, parents would, you know, use the story to scare their children. And it was, I guess, so traumatizing or something that in 1746, there was a public decree which mandated that parents could not scare their children with the stories anymore. Um, And then then after that, they become less threatening and, and conform more to our idea of Santa. And fucking government. Those are the Yule lads. Maybe, I don't know, maybe like a couple deaths happen. Maybe a couple kids killed themselves thinking about the guy licking the spoon. They're going to yeah. get real fast. <laughs> Freaking them out. Maybe that's some heart attacks. Maybe they ran into the the wintry woods and froze to death in fear of these things being in their home. Yeah, mm-hmm. that could you know. be. Man. You got to keep those crust, crusts safe, man. You don't, want, you don't want them getting those crusts. <laughs> Yeah. The kid's like, just like he's thinking about it all year. He's like, why even have a bowl under my bed? It's just going to be taken. It's all going to be taken. I just don't even know. What's the point of living? <laughs> What's the point of living? <laughs> I can't ferment this herring under my bed without something happening to it. It's also confusing and strange. <laughs> You're always licking the spoon. <laughs> Watching me. It smells like shit. <laughs> this is the family spoon. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, that was really cute in a fucked up way. <laughs> yeah, that was very cute. Yeah, they're up. just kind of like dirty fucking, I mean, just like dirty uncles that run around. <laughs> uh, I love it. I'm so glad we don't have one of those. So they're through the 12 or 13 uh. days and then one leaves each day. So then you're only left with the last one. So there's a point in oh, time where you're stuck nice. with all 13? Mm, yep. God the first, the bless America. Night, yep. Chaos. Whatever big house. <laughs> there isn't a dry spoon in the village. Uh. <laughs> How 
is the only other person I know that says God bless America from our Midwestern. <laughs> yes. <laughs> ah, God bless it. I, I, th- I throw that one around at work. <laughs> so funny. It's if better than get, say like, a God fucking open. damn it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Especially in work environment. Yep. Exactly. I, 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 my, my favorites are odd oh, nuts. Uh, what do I say? Ah, oh, nuts. Yes. I also say off. Oh, Fudge nuts. I, say fudge. I, I like saying fudge. fudge. Ah, fudge. And I also say son <laughs> of a biscuit. That's good. <laughs> and I'll say ding, dang, damn it, Kate. While I'm talking to myself. Say GD too. Didn't GD. close the GD door. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, heck, Chewbacca. <laughs> well, now that the listeners have gotten in some insight into the Weber idioms. My last one is going to be Père Futard, and I am butchering this French pronunciation, so I'm just going to uh, Americanize uh, Père it. Père Futard. Père Futard. Père Futard. Yeah, that wasn't right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so this one's a doozy, I, I think. <laughs> As with most folklore, there are several iterations of the story, but I've narrowed it down to the most recurrent. And most hideous of details. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where's my spoon? I gotta get ready for this one. I'm excited. <laughs> Better check it for for lickage. So Père Futard, or Father Whipper, is a French Christmas wow. figure that is Santa's, or as he is known in France, Père Noël's dastardly assistant. Oh jeez. <laughs> Much like other dark counterpart figures of Christmas, Père Futard gives coal to, and uses corporal punishment on, the naughty children. Uh-huh. His appear- children. This, is, this is starting to get sexy. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> His appearance is pretty scary as well. He wears long, dark robes, has a sinister face only a mother could love, and his hair and beard are an unholy mess. Much like Krampus, he carries a large stick or bundle of switches. His origins are as medieval as it gets, and this is where our story begins. He sounds like a dude that works at a comic book store. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it <laughs> sounds a like stop. a lot of um, people's baby pictures that I've seen posted on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Damn, that's an ugly baby. Sinister <laughs> uh, face only a mother oh. could love. Yeah. Unholy God. mess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyway, ugly babies. Merry Christmas. Ugly babies. Merry Christmas. <laughs> I can't be helped. So, around 1150, there was a poor butcher who was as wicked as they come and ran his shop near a wealthy boarding school. There was a famine, and so getting meat to sell was becoming more difficult for the butcher, and times were very tough for he and his wife. According to legend, One day there were three well-to-do-looking boys hanging around the butcher shop. One version says they were on their way to school, while another says they were lost in the fields surrounding the area, trying to find food during the famine. In either case, the butcher and his wife hatched a plan. They decided to kidnap the boys and rob them, as business wasn't going so well. Wow, this really flipped. (laughs) You think the boys are going to rob them? (laughs) (laughs) The wife lured the boys to the shop with the promise of sweets, which, unbeknownst to them, the greedy butcher and his wife had poisoned. After the boys were affected by the poison, the butcher set to work and slit their throats. The butcher also had another idea. You can see where this is going. Yeah. Fuck the bodies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's all this high-quality, fresh meat just here for the taking. And the butcher surely wasn't going to let it go to waste. He then cut up the bodies into pieces and put them in a large saltwater tank along with the pig he'd already been brining. So and made a magical mystery coat out of boy skin. <laughs> <laughs> I am a technicolor god. <laughs> So his plan was, is he could use this meat to adulterate the pork and sell it in his shop. 
After the butcher finished his work, he heard a knock at his door. When he opened it to his visitor, he saw that it was none other than St. Nicholas darkening his doorway. <gasps> He's like, you got that McRib? I heard you making that mystery meat. <laughs> and I heard you had this amazing boy coat. <laughs> Can I see it? <laughs> <laughs> now the butcher knew he was in deep shit because St. Nick, having been dead for quite some time, was certainly there for a serious purpose. In one version, the butcher tried to offer this saintly visitor some of the fine meat he had procured. Oh, uh, shit. <laughs> Probably not his best idea, but how often does the Saint Nick come to your very own lowly butcher shop? He's just all socked out and he's just like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Unimpressed, Saint Nicholas walked right past him and headed straight for the brining barrel. He commanded the children to rise and come to him. The children were miraculously made whole again and crawled out of the barrel to St. Nicholas. Jesus, like the fucking, um, the like ring. Like the ring. <laughs> <laughs> uh. The children believed they had been asleep and had dreamt of heaven. St. Nicholas then sent the children on their way to go home to their parents. Which was a horrible shock to them, having thought they died. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The butcher, having witnessed this miracle, was suddenly remorseful for what he had done. He begged for forgiveness. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, St. Nicholas. This ham is so delicious. St. <laughs> Nicholas, being a saint and all, assured the butcher that God forgives all those who repent, no matter how big or small the sin. However, you're still on the naughty list. Mm-hmm. However, the butcher would not get away with it that easily. This part is told in two different ways. One is that the butcher became an eternal loyal follower of St. Nick by his own accord. And the other is that St. Nicholas forced him to become his servant for all eternity as punishment for his horrible crimes. In any case, St. Nick is a busy guy and an assistant would be a good thing to have. Well, that's not that fucking bad. <laughs> like, I mean, what, you just have to attend to St. Nick? I mean. But he's like a foreman of all the elves, and that's really hard. Yeah, and you're also my boy toy now. Yeah. <laughs> and thus, Père Futard was born. He dispenses cold to the naughty children and will beat them silly if necessary. But hey, he repented and his sins were forgiven. And best of all, he's given up all that child murder and dismemberment nonsense. And isn't that yeah. what Christmas is all about? No, he just got a cushy gig beating children. Sounds like exactly <laughs> yeah. what he wanted. Yep, and that's Père Futard. <laughs> you know, it's, um, part of that reminded me of an old Greek myth um, of, of Lycan. And, and so in, in, the, uh, in the myth, um, he was the king of Arcadia and he invited uh, Zeus over to a dinner and he was going to try to trick Zeus um, into uh -huh. eating human flesh. And so Ooh. when Zeus found out, um, he like basically turns uh, Lycan into a um, like a wolf. And that's actually where we get lycanthropy. Oh, OK. Yeah. 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 Nice. It's like a like kind of kind of original. Like he becomes like a like turns into a wolf um, and has to wander around. And that's fucking metal. So. Nice. Yeah, but anyways, it was it was him. It's it's the guy in the story trying to trick Saint Nick into yeah. e eating human flesh. Okay, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, that's true. Wow, y'all got it. Yeah, and, and mm -hmm. in other versions of this story, go oh, ahead. No, you go ahead. I was gonna say in uh, another version of the story I read, he didn't try to offer him any of the meat. Uh, right when he opened the door, he knew that Saint Nick was there for, for the murders. Like he he knew he was caught and he was done. He had his arms crossed and was just shaking his head. <laughs> Pefutad. Quit eating those baby butts. Come on now. Yeah, all these There's, illustrations um, are crazy. I've seen some crazy shit in my yeah. time, but yeah, you crazy. You crazy. These are some... <laughs> there's a medieval uh, painting I saw of like the children in yeah, the bucket. Yeah, there's all kinds of like, medieval paintings. Ones. These are all very, very, very That's old. That's cool. It's crazy. Yeah, I got to look that up. That sounds yeah, fucking that's crazy. Cool. Yeah. Fucking, it's fucked up, but it's, 
was cool. <laughs> Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. They got brought back to life. <laughs> Merry <laughs> Christmas. Yeah, I mean, like these follow that what all folklore. It's usually like cautionary tales or it's used to, I don't know, like a lot of times keep kids in line, you know, or, or to, mm-hmm. to get them to be obedient. You know, it's, it's like these yep. threatening figures and consequences and punishments that are used in stories. So it's, it's yeah. yeah. Merry Christmas, guys. Merry you fucking Christmas. sheep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. I hadn't heard of uh, either of yours. That's fucking nuts. Yeah, I, I hadn't heard of the Yule Lads before. Yeah, that was just cute. Yeah. Yeah. Dirty old men. <laughs> yeah, um, I guess that's it. That's it for the uh, Christmas um, dark folklore and, and traditions. Yeah, I hope you learned something, everybody. I have to encourage everybody to check out my favorite piece of um, Christmas history is Victorian Christmas cards. Those are so wonderful. You guys. (laughs) And it's like it's a culmination of just all of the comeuppments of culture and pagan influence and all kinds of things to like a summation of the end of the year, being thankful that you're still alive at the end of the year, considering the less fortunate and like that was all a part of the Victorian mentality, like 18th, no, 19th century and before mentalities of Christmas, just culminating. Yeah. And then, you mm-hmm. know, as, as yeah. we were saying before, like the Coca-Cola St. Nick kind of thing, like changed a lot of that face of Christmas to be so wholesome. But really, it's just being happy that you made it another year, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. not about commercialism. It's about really appreciating yeah. life. And yeah, and, and I hope that we made your Christmas just a little more spooky. For sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what we're here for. Yeah, because yeah, like there used to be that tradition of doing like telling ghost stories and stuff too. <gasps> oh my yep. God, I've yeah. been listening to those so much lately, Victorian ghost stories. And it's always the same kind yeah, of thing. a lot thing of fun. Where it's like people in powdered wigs like roaming around somewhere and they had been like wrongfully murdered or something. And it, correct me if I'm wrong, Heather, but like the end of the story is they find out what's happened to the ghosts and then like it's resolved in some way or they're just like, oh, yeah, that was fucked up. Sorry, buddy. Merry Christmas. And then the ghost. Keeps Typically, yeah. yeah. Typically, it's like, oh, boy, that's fucked up. Oh, well, Merry Christmas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a big like mystery story leading up to it mysterious Mm -hmm. things happening absolutely and those like crazy cards we're talking about like one of the the big things that sticks out is the um dead birds and (laughs) yeah i love those well and like that's all a memento mori too like that's like you looking upon a dead frail little thing just like that would be like a child that might have died that year or like somebody in your family that died and it's a reminder of like you know this could have been you and this may have been somebody to you. So Merry Christmas. And, you know, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I think that's the heart of all these winter solstice, you know, end of the year festivals. It is the death, you know, especially with winter and, and plants losing all their foliage and it's, yeah. you know, becomes a desolate snowy, you know, landscape. And yeah, it's all about death. And then the new next year, next spring, we'll hopefully oh my bring God. Yeah. new life and, from Christmas week to New Year's to my birthday, which is a week after New Year's, it's just like favorite time of year. So perfect. Just yeah. that whole resetting attitude, whether or not it be true, starting new and like starting a new year. It's just it's always a really nice reset and transformation and stuff like that. Love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You're still full of hope. Yes. It's going to be the greatest year ever. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we said about 2020. I remember I was yeah, at- we sure did. <laughs> I was at a party in Denver a couple of years ago, and I had had a really hard time, and everybody was all upbeat, but I was way too drunk by this fire, and I was making everybody <laughs> listen to old Irish folk songs about the New Year's, and like, what was that, what's that famous one called? Like Lang's, what is it called? Lang? Old Lang Sign. Yes. I was making everybody listen to that around the fire and they're all trying to party and they're just like really annoyed by how much I'm bumming everybody out. And I'm all like, nah, man, everybody's gotta, no, get out a piece of paper, write down some bullshit that happened this year and throw that shit in the fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's our Wednesday. Yay! <laughs> 
Did you still want to um, tell our favorite Christmas memories? or? Yeah, if you want to try. So hard oh, you want me to start. Yeah, do you have one? <clears throat> yeah, I do. Um, so when we were living in Wisconsin as, you know, kids, uh, I was probably about eight or nine. And, you know, mom was loved, loved to make Christmas super special. Yeah. And by this time, I kind of knew that Santa wasn't a real thing. So she was trying to kind of skirt that a little bit. Mm-hmm. So she, it's Christmas morning. She comes inside and she said, Heather, Heather, go outside. Somebody left a gift for you. And so I went outside and on the snow, on the stoop, there is a little fairy pendant and like a beautifully written note with it that said it was from the fairy queen. And uh. <laughs> I know I was, I, I knew it was her handwriting and everything, but it was really cool. Wow. I loved that. And I don't know what happened to the pendant, oh, which is man. heartbreaking. Mama but... always made stuff so special, that's for sure. Yeah. Oh, that's a yeah, really I'll great memory. I always remember that. Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, those those little things get lost, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you remember it. It was cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I, uh... I, guess, I guess I would say I don't have really one that I wish I could think about it a little more. I totally forgot to think about it, but. I would say two things um, that are just reoccurring with our family. Uh, you know, when we were little, how you used to get us up and read us stories, especially horror stories. <laughs> I remember that. I remember I I remember that so vis- like vividly that I can feel my little hands on my face looking up, Aww. you know, listening to you read. Like, I can remember that. And I remember... <laughs> And I remember that feeling when you, you know, it's way too goddamn early and you're really tired <laughs> and like your body's all tingly from being so tired, but you're telling us a yeah. story and we're ready for, to go downstairs and stuff like that. But, oh yeah. Cause we had to wait upstairs for a little bit usually, huh? Uh-huh. And yeah. Then, I forgot about that. <laughs> and then like, as, like as adults, just all the little traditions we have of like making cookies and watching some stupid movies and. You know, like what yep. if, what, like the Muppet Christmas Carol? Oh my God! Yay. Every year I've been I love saving that, that one. one. <laughs> yes, yes. And then Scrooge and all of that. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. also when we read each other's stories, that's that's fun. I know we only did that like once yeah. or twice, but that's always really fun. Yeah, that is fun when we're drunk as a skunk. Yeah, <laughs> I have a recording yeah. of it. I love it. But yeah, those are <laughs> those are what I look forward to, and just like. All yeah. of the lights combined with being with your whole family and then like giving them a gift that you think, you know, you thought really hard about like, oh, mm, I love Christmas. It's perfect. <laughs> love Me it. too. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I guess one thing that always reminds me of Christmas a lot and just like sitting around, um, all of us just sitting around hanging out, you know, like the night before and doing stuff. But it's like listening to the Cambridge singers. Um, yeah. Christmas oh my God! Music, you know. I have been listening all that, to that all that choral, choral music and stuff. Yeah, I've been listening to that so that always much just, lately. Yeah. yeah, it's so good. There's like two of the albums that we listen to a bunch. I think yeah. it's like John Rudd. One of them's like it was like John Rudder who did like the arrangement and was like the choral director or something. Yeah, I, that's I, a good I can't one. remember. I remember one was the Cambridge Singers. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, that always gets me in the mood. It just reminds me of just like hanging out, you know. Um, yeah especially the night before and it's like fucking cold as shit snowing yeah yeah i'm super yeah, so fun i'm super thankful that that's like a soundtrack we have because it's just so refined and lovely you know choir music and yeah. stuff like that yeah yeah dude not to mention the crib keeper fucking yeah we have oh, cambridge oh, singers yeah. and then the <laughs> that's that's actually one of my like my funnest memories is like yeah like singing that like i was every year like in a car <laughs> yeah. or like you know just fucking bla- actually yeah I remember, I remember we blasted that in wisconsin I like remember that night or, too. i don't did we ju- was it just we moved to florida was that it or something uh, i remember I we remember. bought the the cassette at media play in wisconsin yeah, and it was, it was totally, that that's yeah. it i remember yeah. leaving yeah we laughed and we put it in and we we're just like just, just yeah. laughing the whole mom and dad on. were both laughing <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah that's one of my favorites for sure good times <laughs> good times. so um i guess we should do socials 
Yes. Um, so you can follow us on Facebook at Under the Pendulum Podcast, on Instagram at Under Pendulum Podcast, on Twitter at Pendulum underscore pod. And you can find all our episodes on Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, Google Podcasts, or almost anywhere else you listen to your pods. You can find me, Heather, <clears throat> Facebook, Heather Thomas, Instagram, h.n.thomas, Twitter at Heather W. Thomas. And you know where you can find my narrations by now. <laughs> yeah. And you But tell them anyway, just <laughs> yeah. don't know. True. Creepy Tales to Terrify, Pseudopod, and Chilling Tales for Dark Nights. Yeah, everybody, don't Hell forget yeah. it. Uh and you can find <laughs> Set it and don't forget Set it. Set it, don't forget <laughs> it. And you can always just do uh, I'm feeling lucky and uh Google me like, you know, Caitlin Weber and then, you know, feeling lucky bud. Or you can do Instaham Frothy Star Dog. And you can find me on Instagram and Facebook by searching for Christopher Weber. And yeah, good luck. (laughs) May the odds be in your favor. Basketball. (laughs) Yeah. So this will be out a little before Christmas, but you know, we hope everybody has a um, you know, awesome, wonderful, nice Christmas and and yeah. Yes. It's this year's almost over. It's almost over. You know, doesn't mean 21, 2021 is going to be better, but, you know, we'll see. At least this can't one. be much worse. Can't be much worse. <laughs> yes. Turn the page. <laughs> well, thank you for listening, everyone. And we'll be back with another episode. Um, actually, this would be like close to New Year's. Mm-hmm. Next yeah, episode, yeah, that's so. true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Harry Fishnets, everybody. <laughs> we will see you next time. Bye. Ha ha ha